0: Chapter Two of Sylvie and Bruno by Lewis Carroll. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Two, La Mie Enconnue. As we entered the breakfast saloon, the professor was saying,
1: "And he had breakfast by himself early, so he begged you wouldn't wait for him, my lady. This way, my lady." he added this way
0: and then with as it seemed to me most superfluous politeness he flung open the door of my compartment and ushered in a young and lovely lady i muttered to myself with some bitterness and this is of course the opening scenes of volume one she is the heroine and i am one of those subordinate characters that only turn up when needed for the development of her destiny and whose final appearance is outside the church waiting to greet the happy pair
2: yes my lady change it fayfield
0: were the next words i heard oh that too obsequious guard
3: next station but one
0: and the door closed and the lady settled down into her corner and the monotonous throb of the engine making one feel as if the train were some gigantic monster whose very circulation we could feel proclaimed that we were once more speeding on our way the lady had a perfectly formed nose i caught myself saying to myself hazel eyes and lips and here it occurred to me that to see for myself what the lady was really like would be more satisfactory than much speculation. I looked round cautiously, and was entirely disappointed of my hope. The veil which shrouded her whole face was too thick for me to see more than the glitter of bright eyes and the hazy outline of what might be a lovely oval face, but might also, unfortunately, be an equally unlovely one i closed my eyes again saying to myself couldn't have a better chance for an experiment in telepathy i'll think out her face and afterwards test the portrait with the original at first no result at all crowned my efforts though i divided my swift mind now hither now thither in a way that i felt sure would have made aeneas green with envy but the dimly seen oval remained as provokingly blank as ever a mere ellipse as if in some mathematical diagram without even the foci that might be made to do duty as a nose and a mouth gradually however the conviction came upon me that i could by a certain concentration of thought think the veil away and so get a glimpse of the mysterious face as to which the two questions is she pretty and Is she plain still hung suspended in my mind in beautiful equipoise success was partial and fitful still there was a result ever and anon the veil seemed to vanish in a sudden flash of light but before i could fully realize the face all was dark again in each such glimpse the face seemed to grow more childish and more innocent and when I had at last thought the veil entirely away, it was unmistakably the sweet face of little Sylvie. "'So, either I've been dreaming about Sylvie,' I said to myself, "'and this is the reality, or else I've really been with Sylvie and this is a dream. "'Is life itself a dream, I wonder?' To occupy the time, I got out the letter which had caused me to take this sudden railway journey from my London home down to a strange fishing town on the north coast, and read it over again.
2: Dear old friend, I am sure it will be as great a pleasure to me as it can possibly be to you to meet once more after so many years, and of course I shall be ready to give you all the benefit of such medical skill as I have. Only, you know, one mustn't violate professional etiquette. And you are already in the hands of a first-rate London doctor with whom it would be utter affectation for me to pretend to compete. I make no doubt he is right in saying the heart is affected. All your symptoms point that way. One thing at any rate, I have already done in my doctoral capacity secured you a bedroom on the ground floor so that you will not need to ascend the stairs at all. I shall expect you by last train on Friday, in accordance with your letter, and till then I shall say, in the words of the old song, Oh, for Friday nicht, Friday's lang a-comin. Yours always, Arthur Forrester. P.S. Do you believe in fate?
0: This postscript puzzled me sorely. He is far too sensible a man, I thought, to have become a fatalist. And yet, what else can he mean by it? And as I folded up the letter and put it away, I inadvertently repeated the words aloud. Do you believe in fate? The fair incognita turned her head quickly at the sudden question. No, I don't, she said with a smile. Do you? I i didn't mean to ask the question i stammered a little taken aback at having begun a conversation in so unconventional a fashion the lady's smile became a laugh not a mocking laugh but the laugh of a happy child who was perfectly at her ease didn't you she said then it was a case of what you doctors call unconscious cerebration i am no doctor i replied do i look like one or what makes you think it she pointed to the book i had been reading which was so lying that its title diseases of the heart was plainly visible one needn't be a doctor i said to take an interest in medical books there's another class of readers who are yet more deeply interested you mean the patients she interrupted while a look of tender pity gave new sweetness to her face But with an evident wish to avoid a possibly painful topic one needn't be either to take an interest in books of science which contain the greatest amount of science do you think the books or the minds rather a profound question for a lady i said to myself holding with the conceit so natural to man that woman's intellect is essentially shallow and i considered a minute before replying if you mean living minds i don't think it's possible to decide there is so much written science that no living person has ever read and there is so much thought-out science that hasn't yet been written but if you mean the whole human race then i think the minds have it everything recorded in books must have once been in some mind you know isn't that rather like one of the rules in algebra my lady inquired algebra too i thought with increasing wonder i mean if we consider thoughts as factors may we not say that the least common multiple of all the minds contains that of all the books but not the other way certainly we may i replied delighted with the illustration and what a grand thing it would be i went on dreamily thinking aloud rather than talking if we could only apply that rule to books you know in finding the least common multiple we strike out a quantity wherever it occurs except in the term where it is raised to its highest power so we should have to erase every recorded thought except in the sentence where it is expressed with the greatest intensity my lady laughed merrily <laughs> some books would be reduced to blank paper i'm afraid she said they would most libraries would be terribly diminished in bulk but just think what they would gain in quality when will it be done she eagerly asked if there's any chance of it in my time i think i'll leave off reading and wait for it well perhaps in another thousand years or so then there's no use in waiting said my lady let's sit down ugog my pet come and sit by me
3: anywhere but by me
0: growled the subwarden
3: the little wretch always manages to upset his coffee
0: i guessed at once as perhaps the reader will also have guessed if like myself he is very clever at drawing conclusions that my lady was the sub-warden's wife and that ogog a hideously fat boy about the same age as sylvie with the expression of a prize pig was their son sylvie and bruno with the lord chancellor made up a party of seven and you actually got a plunge
3: bath every morning
0: said the sub-warden seemingly in continuation of a conversation with the professor
3: even at the little roadside inns oh
1: certainly certainly
0: the professor replied with a smile on his jolly face
1: allow me to explain it is in fact a very simple problem in hydrodynamics Uh, that means a combination of water and strength if we take a plunge bath and a man of great strength such as myself about to plunge into it we have a perfect example of this science i am bound to admit
0: The professor continued, in a lower tone and with downcast eyes,
1: That we need a man of remarkable strength. He must be able to spring from the floor to about twice his own height, Gradually turning over as he rises, so as to come down again, head first. Why, you need a flea, not a
3: man, exclaimed the sub-warden.
1: Pardon me, said the professor. This particular kind of bath is not adapted for a flea let us suppose
0: he continued folding his table-napkin into a graceful festoon
1: that this represents what is perhaps the necessity of this age the active tourist's portable bath you may describe it briefly if you like
0: looking at the chancellor
1: by the letters a t p b
0: the chancellor much disconcerted at finding everybody looking at him could only murmur in a shy whisper precisely so
1: one great advantage of this plunge bath
0: continued the professor
1: is that it requires only half a gallon of water
0: i don't
3: call it a plunge bath
0: his sub excellency remarked
3: unless your active tourist goes right under
1: but he does go right under
0: the old man gently replied
1: the eighty hangs up the pb on a nail thus he then empties the water-jack into it
0: places the
1: empty jug below the bag leaps into the air descends head first into the bag the water rises round him to the top of the bag
0: and there you are he triumphantly concluded
1: the at is as much under water as if he'd gone a mile or two down into the atlantic
0: and he's
3: drowned let us say in about four minutes
1: by no means
0: the professor answered with a proud smile
1: "'After about a minute, he quietly turns the tap at the lower end of the PB. "'All the water runs back into the jug, and there you are again.' "'But how in the world is
3: he to get out of the bag
1: again?' "'That, I take it,'
3: said the professor,
1: "'is the most beautiful part of the whole invention. "'All the way up the PB, inside, are loops for the thumbs.' so it's something like going upstairs only perhaps less comfortable and by the time the a t has risen out of the bag all but his head he's sure to topple over one way or the other the law of gravity secures that and there he is on the floor again
3: a little bruised perhaps
1: well yes a little bruised but having had this plunge bath that's the great thing wonderful it's
0: almost beyond belief murmured the sub-warden. the professor took it as a compliment and bowed with a gratified smile quite beyond belief my lady added meaning no doubt to be more complimentary still the professor bowed but he didn't smile this time
1: i can assure you
0: he said earnestly
1: that provided the bath was made i used it every morning i certainly ordered it that I am clear about my only doubt is whether the man ever finished making it. It's difficult to remember after so many years.
0: At this moment, the door very slowly and creakingly began to open, and Sylvie and Bruno jumped up and ran to meet the well-known footstep. End of chapter two.